This podcast is produced by The Brand is Female. Hi, I'm Mungi. Welcome to the Everyday Ubuntu podcast. This week, my guest is Natasha Tahane, actress, brand ambassador for Garnier, and my cousin. She also happens to be executive producer of Tahani Media, a production company that came out of the idea that when the world doesn't offer you a seat at the table, you can build your own. Though she's only 25 years old, with numerous roles under her belt and a trending Netflix show, she has considerable success and lessons to share. Ubuntu is the philosophy that highlights our common humanity and the idea that we are all interconnected. If you want to know more about Ubuntu, I invite you to pick up a copy of my book, Everyday Ubuntu, Living Better Together, The African Way. Okay. I'm really nervous with you. Okay. I mean, I understand that, but you, you're on TV, so like, <laughs> you know, anyway. Okay. So, Noctula, welcome to Everyday Ubuntu. I'm going to like switch off your name every time, just depending on how I feel. Um... So I want to start by asking you a question that I ask everyone that I have on the podcast. Um, and it's actually from your mom, Kulu. And she says that, you know, our resumes are not a full explanation of who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you could tell us what's missing from your resume. The foundation of my life is built on my spiritual life. And oh. everything that I do is a part of that. Okay. We're going to talk about that again. Um, so I think it's more interesting when people describe themselves, like obviously I go through and, you know, share people's bios, but could you give us yeah. a brief description of who you are? I've always struggled with this question um, since high school. They're like, who are you? Um, I think the Park Chopper says it better. Um, he says that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And every time I say that, I'm like, damn, that's so profound. Because we are, um, we're just in this flesh, you know, and that, that's why there's um, a constant battle between the spiritual world and the, and the flesh. Mm. I truly feel that I am a spiritual being having a human experience and it's great being Natasha Dhani and experiencing this to the fullest. But I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm an African princess. I'm going to take it, whether someone tells me or not, but I truly believe that I'm an African princess rooted and I'm a black queen. I represent love. I represent um, compassion. I represent all good things. And also I represent not being perfect. I like that. You know, to be perfect, but no. You know, living here, people like didn't understand who Kulu was all the time. And so like someone would be like, oh, he's this person. And they'd be like, yeah, did you know that she's a princess? And I'm like, um, guys, <laughs> he's a priest. Like, I don't know where you got princess from, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay, you're in what in South Africa is called a born free, you know, born after the first democratic elections. How, how do you think that's impacted your worldview and your experiences? I think being able to study in the U.S. as well and just having a world-class education, it really shows that we have better opportunities now in terms of being having access to all the resources. And my biggest prayer right now is for all the other um, former 2000s, that's what we call them in South Africa, um, <laughs> 
Generation Z to realize all of that and realize all the resources that we have now and just assist them getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a trending Netflix show, Casual, and <laughs> and you're a brand ambassador for Garnier Fructis. Can you can you share some of the like hard work that goes into these things? You know, like my first interview was with Cuppy. And she was talking about, you know, it looks all nice and everything on Instagram and Twitter, but like there are a lot of days where it's just a lot of rejection and years and years of waiting to like make an album. So could you share what that's like on your end? Yeah, people never know the story. They only see the glory um, because we never share that side of the hardships that we go through on social media. And I have a reason for that. I feel like I'd rather invest my energy in getting through that than having to um, share and share and share because then there's so much pressure but people never see all the hardships and I truly believe that all the little tasks that we do everything that we go through leads us to our destiny so I don't take anything for granted that's why I always try and live in the present moment so that I embrace whatever season there is and get whatever it is from that season and for me I never experienced um, the hardships really until I left at the pinnacle of my career to go and study in the US and mm -hmm. I let life touch me. I had to let life touch me because my family has protected me from so much where you don't really see what happens. You're like, oh, it looks easy. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you did that. You know, we, we pride ourselves in knowing that we are represented by Imbogoto, strong women in the family and across the and, and across Africa. But that also adds on to us not understanding that you have to go through certain things for you to be involved. And it's not even just the bad, but also receiving the good. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of things that happen. I had a dry season after graduating from the US and I came back to South Africa. And I didn't have a job and I had to go back home, didn't have a car because I literally sold all my things before leaving to go further my studies. And that time we've got like 2 million followers on Instagram, but people never see that. People never see what you're going through. And it just shows that the followers should not identify, should not, you should never identify yourself with all the things that happen, material things, um, the cars, the house, and everything else that comes with fame, but find your true self with or without all those things. And I had to go through that to not identify myself with all those material things. Yeah, life has ebbs and flows. So you have successes and then there, you know, things happen and yeah. you sort of have to just roll with it. Yeah. Um, would you say that Kulu, being your Kulu, has affected your career? And, you know, if you say yes, how? Um, for people who don't know who Kulu is. <laughs> I, think, I think my listeners know who Kulu is. <laughs> no. No, because I never want to take the negative out of everything that I do. And I truly believe that I am where I am because of Gogo and Kulu's love. Mm -hmm. And seeing them together just gave me, that's when I had my epiphany of understanding that anything is possible. For me to say, dear African child, your dreams are valid, is knowing that a Nobel Peace Prize winner just woke up in the same house that I slept in, is going to have the same breakfast that I had. So that means that I can also do all the things that I put my mind to. Like, I can do it. 
So people will say things, people will project, people say all these things on social media, but like Michelle Obama says, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> and that's exactly um, what I've tried to keep throughout this business. But I am where I am today because of all the wisdom that I've absorbed from both of them. That's a nice way of thinking of it. Um, you, okay, so you mentioned obviously studying in the US and I wonder if your experience there when it came to race differed from your experience at home. Because a lot of people say they come to the US and then they either realize how black they are or they're not able to forget that they're black because of the way that race is dealt with here. Moving from a country where you are majority and to a country where you're minority is was challenging. Mm -hmm. I think it still is. But I got to the US when Trevor just started booming, like the Daily Show. So <laughs> Africa was the thing. I was like, oh, why is she from Africa? We you were know? hot. So I, I got the good and the bad. I got the bad when it comes to people obviously traveling and some people who have never been around black people, um, whether it's from Russia or there are white people that have never been in a space where I have to be in a dorm room with a black person. Mm-hmm. And they don't check all those things. They don't check the race and all this. They just put all of us in the same dorm room like, what? So it was challenging in terms of having to share a space with somebody of, of, of another race and feeling it and making and them making you feel it. But because of Trevenor, I actually quite enjoyed being African. Like, you from South Africa? I'm like, can I please have water, please? Like, water? Like, water. <laughs> from South Africa? Oh, from Trevenor. And I'm like, yeah. That's where I'm from. You know, My so there's people that have paved the way. Um, but race is, and in South Africa as well, you know, um, we're all fighting for unity, for equality. And we still have a long way to go, honestly speaking. I know. Don't you worry. Long way to go. Um, okay, so then acting has, you know, sort of gives you a certain standing in the community. How do you use that like power and ability to impact people's perceptions in your daily life? I always say that I minister through my work and I minister through acting and I really enjoy it. I don't always get the roles that I feel like, oh, I should, I want to play this role. Um, but with everything that comes, it's either ministering through the work or mm -hmm. ad work where you're like, okay, now I'm finding my purpose, you know, when you don't feel like, ah, oh, I don't want to play this character or whatever it is. And then you find a purpose bigger than what we put on screen. And for me, that's always a blessing. But in terms of um, the perception, people come, people come back home, because I've been doing a lot of soapies as well. People come back home after a long day at work and they come and they relate to some of the characters and even when they see on the streets, they're like, oh my gosh, Amo, or gosh, Engle, you did this and I did this. Or even Wendy on Netflix, they'll be like, oh, I was that student. And it just shows the, the power that we have. Um, and then off screen, that's when the challenge, that's when you change, that's when we face the challenges, which is, being the role model and being mm -hmm. the type of 
being true to yourself. And I, I pretend to be other people for a living and I try not to pretend to be myself for a living. So mm-hmm. I have to be true to myself. And it re- I think I reflect a lot of that on my social media. Yeah. You know, I thought I understood this with Kulu, obviously growing up and like we'd be at restaurants and people would come and whatnot. But then I remember you came with me to the hospital when I was going to have surgery. And obviously you had all these people that were fans. And then after my surgery, I woke up at like, I think 4 a.m. And there was a girl who had seen you in the hospital with me just sitting on my bed, staring at me. Because she wanted to ask questions about you. And I was like, I have just recovered from a surgery. This is not the time. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, it was insane. I never understood it when I started. But now I understand. I understand why people would come to me and be like, oh, my gosh, Natasha, I love your work. I love this. I love this about you. And, like, people live through us we are avatars you know and that's when even when they come with the bad and like okay cool they're just projecting and the only person that they can do that to is me because Mm -hmm. i'm on a public platform so i never take anything personally um even with the good as well because i've received so much love from home like a cat just receive it as love and it never gets to my head because i know what love is and when it comes to the hate i'm like okay i understand but people going through so much Mm-hmm. And when they see you, they just want to, they feel like your family. They feel like they know you. So, yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of family, we come from a very large family. And um, as everyone's favorite cousin, me, <laughs> apart from that, we should make that clear. What, you know, what would you say is the greatest gift you've received from being a part of our family? And what, what's the greatest challenge that we may put on you as a family? Love, love, and the spirit of Ubuntu. Um, I mean, you have a whole book that's in <laughs> <laughs> a whole book. Um, the spirit of Ubuntu and knowing the next person and knowing that you're not even better than the next person and the God that you serve can do the same thing for you um, for the next person. And mm-hmm. also, I support compassion. I've received so much love and support from my family. And uh, there's so many things that I can say about my family, honestly. <laughs> because, and simply because also my friends are my cousins. Like I'm always rolling with Kinelu, I'm always rolling with Wadi. I'm always with family because I value family. And the support that I've received, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for family. And I had my birthday celebration, my 25th birthday celebration. And 70% of the people that were there was family. I know. I saw. Well, I was actually going to ask you about this um, birthday mm-hmm. celebration. So it was your golden birthday. You turned 25 on the 25th of September. It was a big bash. What do you hope? <laughs> what do you hope for this next year around the sun? Um, I for more peace. All these things can come, the money, the fame, um, all the nice things that life offers. But if there's no peace, then it really doesn't matter. Okay, well, speaking of peace, when you are having a tough time, is there sort of a phrase or a quote or something that, you know, keeps you going? 
think one quote that I always relate to is that everything, and I always say this on my social media, is that everything that we pray for, everything that we wish for has already happened. Time just needs to catch up. I haven't heard that. I've said <laughs> Time just needs to catch up. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay, so then have there been moments when you've doubted your path or no? So many times because when the when there's no peace, I'm, I feel like, what am I doing? Because I would do things my way and I would plan and plan and plan and then God would decide. And I'm like, okay, there's no peace. Then am I doing the right thing? Am I not? Even the simplest things, whether it's taking up a role, um, being, in a, being in an environment that I feel like is not healthy for me. Um, I hate working in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. So I always pray to be in a healthy environment. But yeah, there's been so many times where you need an affirmation. So then if you were, you know, doubting your path or working in a toxic environment, what brings you back to like knowing your purpose? Being in the present moment and loving myself more telling me all those things that I want to hear from other people. Because we always want to hear from other people. We want to ask this person, this person, this person, if you have to, if whatever you're doing or the decision that you're making is the right decision. But I had to tell that to myself because I live with myself. Mm-hmm. Are there causes close to your heart that your fans don't know about? There's a reason why they don't know about those causes because there has to be a difference between doing it to be seen and mm-hmm. having everybody be like, oh, you're doing great. And I think with our generation, we want that. Um, if it's not instant gratification, you want to be told. So I don't want to be, I don't want to let my ego lead me when it comes to causes that I that are close to my heart. So I do a lot of things when it's my birthday. I visit um, patients in the hospital. There's so many things that we are doing as tiny media as well that people don't know about. Well, yes, I was going to ask you, can you tell us about Tahani Media? So I just started my company, just recently started my company, <laughs> Tahani Media. And I'm excited for what the company's going to do. And I don't want to rush it as well. I've been patient with when it comes to everything else that I'm doing in my life. And I want to be patient with this as well and learn, learn and grow. And right now I'm learning through working for other people, um, working for other production companies, you know, working for Ferguson, working for Clive Morris. And I'm seeing, and I'm learning so much from just, just working. Mm-hmm. So with Tiny Media, we just had our first event, which is a gospel event mm-hmm. and a huge success. It was like two weeks before lockdown, two weeks before the people closed because of COVID. I'm like, what? This could not have been me. And I was, you know, when God says you have to do this and he's like, you have to do it. Whether you do it or not, someone else has to do it because people need that word on that day. And it happened on the 6th of March, 2020, two weeks before lockdown in South Africa. So I'm looking forward to doing production, mm-hmm. TV and film, 
and I'm looking forward to doing so many other things under the company and creating more jobs for young people, for young graduates and opening those doors for them. Yeah. I mean, unemployment is a big problem everywhere, yeah. um, but especially at home. And another problem at home is, you know, gender-based violence. Ooh. And I know that's something that you and most people want to shine a spotlight on both yeah. in South Africa, but also in the world. And so yeah. what does that look like for you? Um, gender, GBV is a reality, a shocking reality for a lot of South African women. And we can tweet about, we can create all this awareness, but we need to turn that into quantifiable action. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. But we need support. We need support from the government. We need support from a whole lot of people to make sure that these people are locked up. Like our justice system is not for us. Mm -mm. Literally working against a lot of women. And there's a role that I recently played and it said exactly that, that our justice system fails us. And it's so sad. And when you tap into that as the character, you're like someone else is going through that. And we will be the ones in power. So mm -hmm. now is the time. Um, what is a lesson that you wish you would have known when you first started this journey, this acting journey? Patience. I wish I knew that before. Um, acceptance. That I plan God decides, honestly. Because I always like doing things my way until... I now have to go back to me. Oh, by the way, um, you know what? Please take the lead. <laughs> Yo, I wish I knew that I can plan all I want, but he will decide. Yeah, I mean, thinking about planning, I wonder if COVID has taught you any lessons about yourself or the world that, you know, sort of stick with you now. COVID has also taught me acceptance and accepting the current situation because having to stress about something and overthinking and overthinking is not going to give any solution but accepting what is for what it is mm -hmm. and working with it so the big the biggest lesson was acceptance and i know a whole lot of people went through so much during covid it was it was a tough season for a lot of people you know but we are still here and we just hope yeah, we just hope that people Thank get God. through this trauma and all the businesses recover and everyone recovers from this trauma. It's been a whole year of dealing with the pandemic. Many young people in SA look up to you. Mm. So what what is the main message that you'd want to give them about their life choices and their options? Being intentional. Stay being intentional and be aware of all the decisions that you make. And never put your destiny in someone else's hands. And I believe this when I left at the pinnacle of my career to go study in the U.S. I'm like, I'm not going to put my destiny in anyone's hands. If I leave and I come back, I'm not relevant. That's okay because I was doing what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. So be intentional with every single thing that you do. And all of that will eventually lead you to your destiny. And then who have been the people who have inspired you? Besides our grandparents. <laughs> I, I think I've been inspired by Oprah. 
a lot of young girls will say that they've been inspired by Oprah, but I truly have been inspired by Oprah. And she has opened so many doors for a lot of young black women from South Africa um, with her school. And she she always says um, she's exposed them to the rest of the world. And I, and I believe that her love language is act, act of service. Mm-hmm. And that's my love language. <laughs> that's my love language. Do you, I've always wondered this, do you have like a favorite role or are roles like kids where you're like not supposed to say that you had a favorite? Because we all know people have favorite children. I I enjoyed every, I've enjoyed every role that I've played. Um, they've all been different, but I pray that I get more challenges. Like I want to be a character. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I want to find myself researching one. I want to find myself having to go out and being in touch with, um, with life itself, you know, and I never want to lose the vital part of being a human, of being a human, of being a human being. So I need something that will just lead me there. So I'm going to ask you these two questions that I always ask everyone. They're my favorite ones. What is your greatest fear for humanity? Death. I've lost amazing people in my life. Like young, like really, car accidents, all these things that you never really think they would have to be like, no, but you would just see it right now. And that's the most recurrent and um, most lasting fear, honestly. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I know I get it. It's just one where I'm like, oh, I can't control it. So. No, definitely can't. But you know, I've got anxiety driving as well. Yeah, which is why I'm like, I can focus my anxiety on so many other things that I can try and control. But I get it. I mean, someone gets on a plane and I'm like, are they going to get home? Oh my goodness. Okay, so then <laughs> let's let's end on a happy note. What is your greatest hope for humanity? <laughs> oh my God. Unity. How can you bring about unity? It's the little things that we do um, in our daily lives that bring unity. You know, I always bring people together. I love hosting. I love having people in different spaces um, that work in different um, industries together. And for them to find that core, just that one purpose that brings everyone together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we need in the world. Just imagine a world without color, without being black or white, um, possessions, rich, poor. Imagine a world where there's no heaven or hell, just one world. But I guess that will be now next lifetime, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Mars. Okay. Well, Natasha, thank you for speaking with me today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're doing so amazing, Mimi. Um, I'm really proud of you. And you have to have a book tour in South Africa. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. And don't forget to hit subscribe and give the show a rating and review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Follow me at mungi.ingomane on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback on the show. I'll be back in a week with a new episode. 
Thank you for listening to Everyday Ubuntu.